And welcome back to another edition of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, his media director, and thrilled to be here in Mayor Koch's office overlooking the beautiful Hancock Adams Common with Mayor Tom Koch. Hello, Mayor. Hello, Mark. What a great weekend we had. We did. Yes, we did indeed. Fantastic. Uh, but the, but the weather really cooperated with uh, with our weekend activities. It really did. And, you know, one of the things uh, I really wanted to bring up, besides the fact that the event was very successful, we had 5,000-plus people there, but when was the last time in the last 40 years, really, that you could say that we had an event in the downtown area that was really that vibrant? And it also just speaks to... Every last year's Christmas lighting. What we're seeing. Well, <laughs> you have to trump me, don't you? Well, but, but now we're seeing it come to fruition. I think. I mean, this is the kind of vibrancy that that's been that I think that everybody's been wanting, and clearly the people wanted it because they showed up. Well, I I remember a story a number of years ago, Mark. Um, a young person said to me, I don't want to embarrass him. I won't mention his name, but a number of years ago, said he was moving to Somerville. You know, he said. Uh, you know, it's, it's hip. You know, they, they get a lot of stuff over there for young people, et cetera, et cetera. So I said to him, uh, you probably get married someday, right? He said, yeah. I said, I'll bet you'll be back. He said, oh, <laughs> I'll be back. And he's back. So, I, you know, I think that uh, we've, we've kind of now realizing the potential for our city. It's coming, it's coming to be. I mean, the, the only criticism I still hear, and namely from my wife, is, you know, where's the retail? <laughs> okay, we got a lot of great restaurants, a lot of good stuff happening. Where's the retail? The retail comes, you know, toward the end of construction. The retail's changing anyway. Yeah. Uh, but last weekend I ran to so many people who were just so excited about what's going on in the city. I mean, the weather was perfect. We had uh, 18 and 19 food trucks. Um, the music was okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, one of the bands was outstanding. Um, uh, Motown, one was. <laughs> Dick and Jane was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so too. the food truck and music fest is what we're talking about, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, last Dick last and Jane Saturday was my on band. Coddington Street. Uh, really was. Uh, I, I know that you mentioned. I know some trucks ran out of food. It was uh, really, yeah. really a huge cry. It was very well received, and uh, that's the Quincy we have become. And I think there's a lot of excitement about that. We were uh, kind of a sleeper community for a long time. I think, and I say that respectfully. We are a city. We're a major city in Massachusetts, though we're overshadowed because we're so close to Boston, but. There's few that can match our history and contributions to the creation of this country. So in many ways, we kind of recaptured uh, our history with the construction of the Hancock Adams Common, a very visible reminder of who we are. Yeah. And of course, the ongoing improvements, new buildings, new neighborhood down the downtown is all coming to be. And as we've talked about programming the Hancock Adams Common and doing things like the Food Truck Festival and our Christmas parade and all the other events that we do yearly on a regular basis is a huge draw. People love that stuff. And, and uh, certainly the new neighborhood down here loves it. They just come down from their apartment or condo, walk down the street and, and enjoy this. Uh, it was all free. Thanks to Fox Rock, you know, and it's just the beginning. Event. I was just with, before we started this podcast, you were looking for me. I was with a musician who books a lot of musicians, and he said that it's unprecedented. Yeah, you took a while to uh, well, <laughs> respond to my text, but that's all right. <laughs> Sorry about that, boss. But he, we walked around the downtown, the Hancock Adams Common. I just showed him the land, the, you know, the lay of the land. Yeah. And he couldn't believe all that Quincy's been doing. And, you know, I, I had the pleasure to go down to the, the downtown area that's being worked on right now in that beautiful atrium that opens up to the garage. And really, it's just the beginning. We should, we're still not even close to finished yet. It was no, beautiful. No, we got a ways to go. We're, you know, we're like, um, you know, when we open up the garage and yeah. Peter O'Connell been like, we're 25% in. I mean, yeah. and that's just the, the really immediate area on both sides of Hancock Street. There's going to be a residual effect over time on the other side of Hannon Parkway and the other side of Bergen Parkway. 
the value of these properties uh, are just growing so greatly that you're going to see more and more, I think, in the downtown, additional restaurants, additional retail. And of course, I know there's some people, it rubs, you know, both ways on, on the whole housing issue, right? Uh, I know we've talked about this on the podcast, but we need, we need thousands of new housing units in the metropolitan Boston area. And we're doing our share. And certainly, to me, that the housing, most of the housing we're doing is along the spine of the tracks and the stuff in the downtown is in the downtown. It's actually creating a new neighborhood. It puts eyes on the area 24-7. It, it really livens up the whole downtown district. So um, this is what we dreamed about. This is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been planning for for a long, long time. And uh, and, I, and I'm so grateful in so many ways to all my colleagues in government. I mean, the the council's been there for every step of the way with major votes, the legislature with major votes, allowing us to do certain things certain ways, like the, the Urban Redevelopment District, the DIF District, uh, the governor and lieutenant governor, and the secretaries of the various agencies in town have been nothing but uh, supportive and cooperative. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a team effort to get this stuff done. It's very complicated. Mm. It's hard work. Mm. You know, everyone's cooperated and worked very, very well together. So we're seeing the fruits of it. Peter O'Connell spending, you know, $70 million on a building. Uh, the Galvin Brothers spending millions on buildings. Uh, LBC spending millions on buildings. Quincy Mutual, Fox Rock now in the game. And th- their next phase is uh, very exciting with the whole medical component. Uh, so uh, it's happening. It's happening before our eyes. I've had a number of people say to me, Mayor, I get it now. I get it now because they're <laughs> seeing it, you know, and, and I get that too. That I got that this Until you get too. it, for, until you see it in the ground, a lot of people don't get it, you know, and I get it. You get it? You get it. I get it. You get it? I get it. All right. I'm glad I you get got it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see it. I've, I heard the same feedback all weekend. So it was a great day, and uh, and uh, thank you for that. And let's shift So we should, by the way, it looks like Halloween-ish, maybe mm-hmm. early November, the garage is going to be open for business. I know. I heard. 712 spaces, uh, which is tremendous. Nice. That's going to be a great asset. And the civic space around it, you mentioned the atrium, which is going to connect to that space from Hancock Street into that area. I mean, it's just going to be absolutely gorgeous. Another couple of pocket parks, so people that like to get out and sit in a bench and just enjoy the downtown. Not everything has to be concrete, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think people are going to really enjoy that when they see that finish. I know a lot of people are staying away because the construction's going on. And I think when they get back and see it, I think they'd be quite impressed. Yeah, and all this brings in more tax dollars, more taxes to the city, Indeed. which is great. Yeah, Indeed. Which we need for all those services. And it's right. That's that's exactly right. And I say that to people. Someone will say, well, that's more money for you to spend. That's correct. <laughs> On teachers, on policemen, on firemen, on all kinds of programs and services. That's what we do in Quincy. Well, speaking of fire, uh, we received a new federal grant. Is that right? A new federal grant for for fire for the fire department? Yes, indeed. Uh, the safer grant they call them. City was awarded two point nine million. I got to give a shout out to uh, a couple of firefighters, uh, Chris Murphy and Jerry Murphy. They're not related. Yeah, uh, Murphy's a fairly common <laughs> name in this in these areas. It is, yes. Uh, they worked very, very hard in all of the paperwork. So, like Congressman Lynch said to me, who's so supportive, he says, "You know, I can only help when it gets to us." He says, uh, "There's a lot of communities that don't have the help or the interest to get it to us. There's a lot of legwork that has to happen before." the congressman can go to bat for us. The Senator Markey or Senator Warren can go to bat for us. So those guys just did a phenomenal, a phenomenal job. And you know what? That whole department, Chief Cadigan, Deputy uh, uh, Chief Jackson, who's the administrative deputy, uh, you know, the, the officers from 792, everyone's just working so well together. It's a great department, very professional. So this is going to, we're already in the process of hiring firemen to fill slots. So this is another 16 on top of it. That's amazing. So it looks like we're going to be the vicinity of hiring about 28 firefighters, uh, 
from the civil service list. Now, there's a process there. And, and I should explain that because that, that's, that's a, a question I get a lot. So fire or police, people take civil service exams. And we call for what's called a residence list. So at the time they take the exam, they have to have lived in the, in the city for one year. That's the requirement under right. civil service. That's what we mean by residency. We want our kids to have a first shot. And then, of course, um, disabled veterans go to the top of the list. And then you go to the regular veterans under that. And then, of course, the regular civilian list, those people that have no veteran status uh, taking the exam. So that's kind of how it goes. Now, once we call for the list, veteran or not, everybody goes through a major background check. So we actually have a police department um, folks that actually take the files and they go in and go all kinds of checking and uh, to make sure that, you know, um, these are good paying jobs, sure. good pensions. We yeah. want to make sure we're getting the best with these right. departments. So they do that. And then from that, uh, it leads to a physical and it leads to psychological exams. Interesting. If, so, you know, I, without getting into names, you know, years past, we bypass people. We, we do. If, wow. if a psychiatrist says to the city, I wouldn't put a gun in that person's hands, we're not going to put a gun in their hands. So, <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean to flip, but no, there are issues that come along that, to deal with. So these people are going to be frontline in the trenches dealing with the public every day. We want nothing but the best. So there is that process involved. So it takes time to get through the process and then get them into academies before they get on the street. So, you know, it's, it's going to be probably a year before we see the, these personnel on the street uh, after running the academy. Actually, because we have so many firemen and there aren't any slots in the academy, we're going to have our own academy. We did that a number of years ago. We're actually going to use the St. Mary's site, which we purchased for school use. Before we demo the school and the rectory, we're actually going to use that for the academy. Classrooms, they can do certain uh, practices in really? the building. Good. They'll do real fire smoke stuff at, at probably the Boston Academy of Moon Island and other places, so the neighborhood's not going to get smoked out. But <laughs> So we'll get the right certified teachers, both on our staff and other departments, and uh, so that, that's coming together. The, the police, um, they're just beginning the process on, on hiring a number there. We're looking like uh, perhaps as many as 18. Um, I, like, I like to go a little higher than what's budgeted because... By the time they come through and get through the academy, you've got other retirements happening. Oh, yeah. So we're always like backfilling. Yeah. And it takes so long to prepare these candidates for, for the street that uh, it makes some sense to do, uh, do a little bit more up front. So I want to thank Chief Keenan and all he does with his crew and his command staff and, and then Chief Cadigan and his command staff and the crew over the fire. They're, uh, we are so lucky in the yeah. city. I mean, we, huh. we've got top-notch departments. We truly do. These people... And I know right now it's not easy being a police officer out there, the way the national scene has been, the disrespect. You see it in New York, dumping buckets of water on police heads and spitting at them, and it's really outrageous, uh, in my opinion. But we have, we have real pros here. Um, I'm not saying everything and everybody's perfect, but it's a damn good department, both police and fire, and they, they're always there and when somebody's in need. They really are. So police have, you know, the fire is... Uh, we we kind of kid about this. Everyone loves the firemen because they coming in usually to help and save somebody. Yeah. Well, police has a dual role. Yeah, they help people, but sometimes they got to be the ones that, to enforce certain of laws and ordinances. So they got to be the bad guy sometimes. So well, especially with uh, the drugs and all that too. Yeah. Oh, indeed, we have a great indeed. force for that. We yeah. do, we do. Outstanding departments. So uh, so these things help. So again, Congressman Lynch and at the federal level helping us out uh, build up. I, I got to say that we it's been it's been years since we've had our Every group, every piece of apparatus fully manned. Rescue last year was the first year that we had it fully manned year-round for every shift. That's pretty remarkable. That and is. It makes a big difference. The chief gave me some examples on that. Chief Cadigan was talking about this a few weeks ago, that there was a, it was a working fire in Alrick Road. 
And they got there so fast with the amount of manpower, they were able to knock it down real quickly so it didn't spread into and lose the whole home. Mm. It makes a difference, the timing, obviously, getting there and the amount of guys you get to lay the hose and get in there. And, and uh, you know, some have certain roles of search and rescue and others have to hook up to the hydrant and prepare. And with all the numbers now we have, we do a hell of a job uh, so much more quickly and efficiency, which is, which is every second in a fire matters, you know? So, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I heard, I heard that statistic four men in a truck. Now we're able to do that. And that's the gold standard in that. Well, it's, uh, it's depending it's, it's a minimum three, sometimes it's four. Uh, but you know, when you can send, for example, you got, you got to work in fire, you got a, an, an engine company, a ladder company, rescue one shoots there as well. So you get a lot of manpower that jumps right in immediately, which is again, which is huge. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's too many communities can match our response time. It's, uh, and, of course, we, Brewster Ambulance also provides the ambulance service for the city. They work well with both police and the fire department. So good, good service here in Quincy, as, as people should have. Well, know. that's important news, and I thought it was important news to bring up that, I mean, obviously to bring up that federal grant. And let's shift gears a little bit and talk about a dedication ceremony with one of Quincy's own, Dick Stratton, who was a, a POW in Vietnam War. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? This guy's amazing. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating in any way, but he's a true American hero. This guy is an absolutely amazing American. So he was, uh, he was a, a Montclair kid. He grew up, I think, on Bowdoin Street over in Montclair, went to Montclair School, uh, went on to North Quincy. At the time, North Quincy High was 7 through 12. So it was junior high and, and uh, senior high combined. From there, he, he left. He, he's a graduate of Georgetown, and he went, in, uh, he went into the Navy and became a Navy pilot and, of course, was sent to Vietnam, uh, as a number of people were. Alan Bredno was another one. We've talked about him before. Uh, another North Quincy grad, MIT, wanted to be an astronaut, and he also was shot down. And unfortunately, you know, he his life ended uh, in a very tragic way. Dick Stratton will tell you he's one of the luckier ones. Uh, imagine that. He spent six years in, in a POW camp in Vietnam. You weren't wow. treated very well at all. Unbelievable. Um, and uh, he never get, lost hope. He's an incredible guy. So, And he came back and, and uh, jumped right back in. The, the guy he went right back to service in the Navy. He... I've talked to some uh, some higher up folks in the military, including the most recently retired chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Joe Dunford, who said he had him as a teacher for a course. Uh, <laughs> we met this week with an Admiral Frank uh, Thorpe on a whole different issue, but uh, we mentioned this event coming up. He said, "Dick Stratton." I said, "Yeah." He said, "I had him uh, for for school in the Navy as well," wow. and he said he was he had your full attention because he was just an incredible teacher. So. He, uh, he's really touched a lot of people and helped uh, mentor a number of folks uh, in the military service in our country. So he's a remarkable human being. But think about, you know, getting shot down, get, you know, getting tortured and beaten and, and uh, daily. Um, the food wasn't very good, let's face it. Um, if they got it, when they got it. If they got it, when they got it. And he never lost hope. He, he said he believed in that uh, he believed in God, believed in the American people, and he knew that, um, he, you know, they wouldn't leave him there. And, wow. Uh, Remarkable story. So we recommended to the city council uh, a few months back to name a street uh, in his honor. So there's a portion of Arlington Street between West Quantum and Newport Avenue Extension. It doesn't connect to the rest of the Arlington, which is kind of neat because with GPS and everything, everyone gets screwed up on, you know, they try to find Arlington <laughs> yeah. on that end. Yeah. Where, where did it go, you know? So, and the only address it really affected was the new hotel on the site, and they were fully supportive of it. In fact, they're very, very being very cooperative and helpful in this whole endeavor. So, okay. we thank the Holiday Inn, Staybridge. Is it Staybridge or Woodbridge? It's Staybridge. Oh, Staybridge. We, <laughs> we 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 got called to the carpet on that one. Yeah, Staybridge. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, I think it was you that messed it up. And, <laughs> of course it was. It was packed. It's full, by the way. Just want to so, let you know. It's yeah, they're doing fun. very well. Yeah. Uh, they're so, doing great. So we're looking at uh, Saturday, October 19th, at 11 o'clock, right at that site. We're going to have a ceremony outside. We have a distinguished speaker uh, coming. He's a, a vice admiral, Matthew Kohler, deputy chief of naval operations, uh, director of naval intelligence. This guy's the real deal. Wow. And uh, so... That's how much the Navy thinks of Dick Stratton. Wow. So he's going to be kind of, he'll be our keynote speaker. Dick Stratton's coming up with his wife, his son, son's wife, and their, and their daughter. So Dick's granddaughter as well coming up. He's got other family members, but to make it for this weekend, uh, all of them couldn't get here. So uh, it's really going to be a great event. Uh, we've, you know, obviously a number of dignitaries will be there. We have a number of folks from our veterans community going to be there, front and center. A lot of excitement about this because it's, you know, he lives in Florida. He's lived in Florida a long time. He's, um, He's turning 88 on October 14th. Wow. We, we've had a pretty nice email exchange over the years. Um, he, he certainly knew my dad. My dad knew him, thought the world of him. Uh, I remember as a youngster at the Flag Day Parade, and I was probably 10 or 12 the most, and Dick Stratton had returned, and he was the keynote speaker at the, uh, it was in the Veterans Memorial Stadium at that time. We go to pageant now, but at that time, and I tell you, you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. His remarks were so on point. He, you could just, his presence was just incredible, him being there um, in his uniform, that flat top crew cut. Wow. Uh, his presence was yeah. just incredible. And well spoken man, had the attention of everybody there, and, and I thought delivered a nice, nice message that went very nicely with the Flag Day Parade, of course, that yeah. event, teaching young people about patriotism. And here you guy like Dick Stratton standing at the mic. Uh, talking to the kids a little bit about he was a living example of what patriotism is, you know. Oh, yeah, that's that's powerful. Those, you, know, you got to remember those guys, um, those Vietnam guys. They they came back and they were spit upon. They they were um, not treated with dignity, respect, with any sense of gratitude at all. Here they were serving their country. And by the way, a lot of people think uh, most of them were drafted. Most of them volunteered that served in Vietnam. They were volunteer. Many got drafted, but most were volunteers. Wow. And uh, and they come home to to this. In grateful country, which was really a disgrace, and I think, thankfully, we've learned from that. And I think that the, particularly the military community, will never, never allow that to happen again. And I've had conversations, great conversations, with uh, people in the military and all. And we should never confuse the policymakers with the warriors, right? I mean, it's not uh, necessarily the generals making a decision go to war. It's it's the president or and or the Congress and the policymakers and. And uh, so these, these men and women responded to the call of their nation. And the other thing with the Vietnam War is, I know it was the, the turbulent 60s and all. I was just a young kid, as you were, Mark. So some of it, you know, is, is more from the history book because I don't recall all of this stuff going on. Mm. But it was really crazy, crazy times. Uh, but the reality is South Vietnam was being invaded by North Vietnam, a communist country. This wasn't the U.S. going out to build a colony, imperialism. This was responding to South Vietnam who felt closer to the democratic way than they did the communist way. So, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of revisionist history out there, you know, and, and, and I know the press at the time, they love to show the, you know, the films and the, and the pictures of, of civilians getting killed, and, and, and unfortunately that's a consequence of war. Yes. No one likes that. But, you know, you had kids coming up with bombs strapped to them and, and blowing them and blowing the soldiers they ran into. It was, it was a difficult war for these guys as it was, and some, one of them described it to me as like they were fighting a war with one hand tied behind their back because the, the government wasn't fully with it. It was kind of, you know, yeah. police action. It was, truly was war. 
but they never really, uh, re, uh, if, if you will, release full power on this thing. I think the the, uh, the result would have been far different had we done that. Mm. Uh, so that so there was confusion about the mission. What, what's the end game? Uh, a lot of question about it. But all that while, you had people like Dick Stratton in a prison during this whole time period. Six years. Six years. Alan Bredno was seven and a half years. Another Quincy guy. Wow. And just incredible. So, and I remember the stories. Um, Walter Hannon, God rest his soul now, former mayor. Yeah. He's a good friend of Dick Stratton's. They, they might have been in that same range of class at North wow. at the time. But he had great respect for Dick Stratton. And there was a group at Quincy College. I don't know if I told the story before on the no. air, but at the time there was, a, there was that anti-American feeling going on. In the colleges, they were going to state houses and city halls demanding to take the American flag down. So a bunch of them had come over out front, at the, and I'm, I'm telling the story now of back in the 70s from Quincy College. And uh, I think it was Joe Shea, the mayor's executive secretary, came in as a mayor. We got a big group of, of uh, this was before the new city hall was built, college kids out there, they're, they're demanding we take the flag down, blah, blah, blah. He says, uh, send three or four of the leaders in, and I'll meet with them and get Gillis up here. John, uh, John Gillis, Gillis was yeah. a city clerk and a, uh, we, a Marine from World War II. Sure. So he met with the kids. Uh, he said, oh, what's your problem? This, this is typical Walt. You know? <laughs> he said, well, you know, we don't like what's going on. We want to send a clear message. We want you to take that flag down. Is that right? Yes, that's what we're looking <laughs> for. He says, see the guy sitting next to me here? This is John Gillis, a United States Marine from World War II. If I take that flag down, he's going to throw me through that window. I said, that's number one. He said, number two is there's two Quincy kids in prison over there. POWs, Dick Stratton and Alan Bredno. And Alan Bredno's father was a, a very well-respected uh, physician in Quincy at the time. He said, what message am I sending to them and their families if we take that flag down? He says, I don't want an answer. I'm not taking the flag down. Get the hell out of my office and go back to class. That was Walter Hanna. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And the flag did not come down. <laughs> that's a good story. It is a good story. It's that's true. A good story. I the best stories are true. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so we look forward to the 19th. It's open to the public, by the way, we, uh, at the site, and uh, we'll have a little collation for Dick and his wife in the hotel afterwards. He's, he's coming in the night before, and he's leaving later that afternoon, yeah. uh, unfortunately. It's, it, this may be the last time he visits his hometown, so... We want to give a great warm welcome from, from Quincy. I know we've got some of his classmates from North that are coming. That's great. Of course, a lot of the Vietnam vets will be coming because they sure. hold him in, in high esteem, as they should. So we certainly look forward to the event. Well, that's amazing. Uh, that's on the that's 11 a.m. on October 19th. It sounds like something that people should come to. It sounds like a great, great, uh, great event. We do, we do it right here in Quincy when it comes to our veterans. I mean, our memorials are amazing. I love the Doughboy statue because my grandfather— was a lot older than my grandmother when they got married, but he yeah. was in World War One. So every time I go by that, I think of my grandfather. That's a beautiful statue. It really, it really is, is a beautiful statue. I walk by the American Revolutionary one out here in the Hancock Gardens. I think no, about this, those men. You know, I really this this city is has always uh, done it right, in my opinion, um, from both aspects. One is the the men and women stepping up to volunteer and and do their thing. Per capita wise, we're we're higher than the average in in this country, and then. The second piece of that is those of us in, in, in elective office doing the right thing for them when they come home. And uh, there's been a long history of that in the city, and as long as I'm sitting in the seat, that'll continue for sure. <laughs> That's great. Well, Mayor, that takes us to the end of the show today. Thanks, Mark. So thank you very much for uh, not singing on the uh, Food Truck and Music Festival. 
And, and uh, uh, yeah, you did so well, Mark. You, you, really, all kidding aside, it was good to see you up there jumping around. I'm sure you took some leaves that night for the next day. But I had oxygen waiting for well. me off stage, and I took some leave. I'm still taking a leave for it. So thank you very much, Mayor. Thanks, Again, thank you for listening to City View and Podcast Quincy. Subscribe to us. Tell your friends. Share it. We'll see you next time.